0: My first encounter with the wolves, they came to my house.
1: I had a calf that got eaten by a wolf, and uh, it was fairly devastating to me.
0: It is pretty gruesome when you see your cow that was alive while they was feeding on her, while she was crawling down the hill, and they were biting the bones off her spine.
2: We sat there and watched neighbor after neighbor, after neighbor, have cattle kill.
0: Each of these men runs a family cattle ranching operation in Wallowa County, a small agricultural community in the northeast corner of Oregon. With their wide brimmed hats, denim jeans, and leather boots, they have the classic appearance of cowboys in the American West. The form of small-scale livestock production that these men practice is on the decline in many parts of the country, but is still an integral part of both the economy and cultural identity of Wallowa County. As in most of the American West, wolves have been largely absent from Wallowa County since the predator eradication program in the 1930s. But wolves are beginning to return to the western states through both reintroduction programs and migration. After swimming across the Snake River from Idaho, the Amnaha Pack has taken up residence in the Wallowa area and is causing contentious conflict with the ranching community. However, some people are keen to keep wolves on the landscape. Here is Suzanne Stone, the Northern Rockies representative for Defenders of Wildlife, a pro-wolf environmental nonprofit. Uh,
2: What we're seeing with wolves coming back onto the landscape is that they really affect the behavior of elk and deer. Um, It's not something that we predicted was going to happen as quickly
0: as it has. Wolves are an apex predator and a keystone species. This means that their presence is vital to the entire ecosystem. By controlling the population of wild ungulates, wolves improve the whole regional environment, all the way down to the health of streambed habitat, which increases groundwater storage. This water storage could have increased importance in the face of climate change, as droughts are likely to be longer, hotter, and more frequent throughout the West. But for ranchers, wolves seem to be an uncontrollable threat to their livelihoods. Reconciling the ecological necessity of wolves with the hazard they pose to ranching has become one of the most contentious and seemingly insurmountable environmental issues in the West.
2: The wolf issue has been one of the most politically dividing, I think, or socially dividing issues in in wildlife terms. People come from very strong polar opposites.
0: Management of wolves and wolf conflict currently falls to Wildlife Services, an agency within the U.S. Department of Agriculture. After a depredation occurs, Wildlife Services is called in to investigate and dispatch problem wolves. Their management draws strong criticism from environmentalists and ranchers alike. Here, Suzanne is joined by Patrick Graham, a field technician for Defenders,
1: um, it seems as though there's a lot of holes within that agency, and you know they don't say, well, we know that it was a black wolf that killed those sheep, so we're going to go and find a black wolf. They just say any of the suspected offending wolves is what they're go- trying to control.
2: Holding on to those traditional viewpoints that to manage wildlife, our conflicts with wildlife is all you have to do is kill these animals, that that somehow is going to resolve conflicts. It's it's not.
0: Perhaps the one thing that environmentalists and ranchers can agree on is their frustrations with wildlife services. Despite ideological differences, there's consensus that the current system simply isn't working.
2: The decisions that are made on the ground don't necessarily get made on science. You have an agency that's spent up to seven days at times to make a decision whether it's a confirmed kill. If you're going to do it, be effective. Don't try to placate us.
0: Not all of the blame can be laid upon wildlife services. Perhaps the key problem in the wolf conflict is the lack of communication between the stakeholders. This has led to distrust amongst the ranchers and a widespread belief that solving the wolf issue in a mutually satisfactory way is impossible. This absence of communication has led to an impasse between wildlife services, ranchers, and environmental organizations. We feel they're not very honest with us.
2: The people who who sued us, I've never talked to. They've never wanted to visit with me. When they interview them in the papers, they feel at liberty to tell all sorts of nasty things about me and and some of the other ranchers. Uh, I despise them.
0: Wallawa County is not alone. Similar conflicts are occurring across the West, including in Blaine County, Idaho. But in Blaine County, the situation is beginning to change. There, defenders of wildlife have stepped in with an experimental approach to addressing the wolf issue providing an alternative to Wildlife Service's status quo. This is the Wood River Project. One of the front runners is Patrick Graham, the Defender's Field Technician we heard from earlier. Patrick and his colleagues work with ranchers, exploring various non-lethal techniques to deter wolves from livestock.
1: I have a lot of different ideas, like if we could create a emotion sensitive something that reacts with radio collars, uh, like a laser box, but you know, have like, you know those Hollywood smoke machines? Keep, it, keep the variation uh, ro- rolling. You have to be creative. Like I've used one of the air horns there in conjunction with these lights, and I've like, got up on bridges and like, done these crazy dances.
0: Patrick's approach is a holistic one, and he stresses the importance of what he jokingly refers to as rancher therapy. He talks to the livestock producers that he works with and listens as they vent their frustrations. This builds a rapport, making the ranchers much more receptive to Patrick's experimental ideas. This,
2: this takes a special type of person um, to be able to work in this field. Not everybody can come in and deal with this. the type of political pressures that are going on. People are very polarized in this issue, and so having those sensitivities and being able to still get the work done is rare, and, and Patrick is fantastic at it.
1: And I think that just creating that baseline that Ultimately, we just want to protect their livestock, and, and that, in turn, will protect the predators. Then they'll, I think that they'll say, all right, well, we trust that and you have our operation in, in your best interest, and, you know, go for it.
0: These are not cookie-cutter answers. For one thing, Patrick is working with sheep, and the Wallauer ranchers have cattle. But Patrick's achievements shouldn't be attributed solely to the use of fladgery and air horns. The key to his success is his creative and holistic approach and his focus on communication and working with the livestock producers to find meaningful solutions to the wolf problem.
2: We've been able to show that these non-lethal tools are really effective and it's been a learning curve for all of us involved in the project and one of our probably biggest benefits from this project itself is the partners that we have engaged in it because it's the ranching community, it's the wildlife community, it's the local uh, leadership, the county government, There's people coming from all over the world now to actually see this project and use it as a model in other areas where there's conflicts with wildlife.
0: With this philosophy, the Wood River Project is setting an inspiring precedent with tangible success. For National Public Lands Radio, I'm Nevae Baker.